1: turning a side hustle into a full hustle or even missed open enrollment want more flexibility find out more about united healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com hello my name is eleanor Matsura, and you are listening to in anything at the minute
0: hello my name is jonathan Hardin, and welcome to episode 11 of in anything at the minute the honest actors podcast The big news today uh, is that, well, a few days ago now, uh, we received the news that we had made the shortlist in this year's UK blog awards. Not just in one category, but in both that we were uh, longlisted for. So in both arts and culture and in vlogger and podcast, the Honest Actors blog is now competing to win an award. We've made the shortlist of ten in each category. Over the month of February, the judges will be judging And uh, we won't find out if we've won until April. But it's a huge achievement to be on those lists, particularly as the blog itself is only about nine months old. So thank you very, very much to everybody that took the time to vote, everybody that clicked on my numerous emails. Apologies to every single one of you uh, that's on the mailing list uh, for the emails that I sent out. If you're not on the mailing list, why are you not on the mailing list is the, the thing I really should be saying. But thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for clicking on the links and thanks for voting. In some cases, many, many, many times. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll have some more good news come April. Anyway, the reason why you're here is not to listen to me say thank you. It's not even to listen to me tell you how great it is to be a finalist in the UK Blog Awards 2016. The reason why you're here is for The Interview. This week, it's episode 11 with Eleanor Matsura. Very simply, to begin, how did you uh, get into acting first?
1: Okay. So... I I don't ever remember a time where I didn't want to do it. As a kid, I was really obsessed with books. I was obsessed with the television, very specifically, um, and I know that used to drive my mum crazy because I'd sit in front of the television, like proper, like nose to screen, watching anything that I could, which was usually a lot of um, like American crappy American shows. I don't even think I can call them dramas, but you know what I mean—that kind of like anything that was like in high school, and all the kids were wearing clothes to school and had lockers, and you know. But
0: they were wearing clothes.
1: Oh, they were wearing clothes, their own clothes, like not a school uniform, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't
0: it? It's like I don't remember what that. What
1: kind of show actually? were you watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Saved by the Bell, that kind of thing. Exactly, right, okay, exactly,
1: right, like right. like you know, sort of uh, silly, kind of fluffy. Yeah. Kids' TV shows. I remember being really obsessed with that, and my mum kind of being a bit worried about that because. And um, I guess you're just afraid that I would be one of those kids that would sit on the sofa all day and his brain turned to mush. Um, and then my parents would start to take me to the theatre, I think, when I was maybe like 11, 10 or 11. I remember going to see big musicals and loving those. And... Just having this very strong sense from early on, I was like, yeah, I think I want to do something like that. So, you
0: were, you were conscious of it being a job. It wasn't something you went to theatre at 11, watched it, and thought, that's amazing, but didn't think those people maybe got paid for that. Like, it was always, you were, you always thought it was a, uh, a, a serious option as a, I know at that age you're not thinking career, but you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: like, I definitely wasn't thinking career. That's a really good question because I've, I've never thought of it as a job when I was younger. I just thought, I want to do that. The, the concept of being paid or, or anything like that yeah. was just alien to me at that time. But.
0: So your parents, were they creative sorts or were they part-time, like, you know, in the as a hobby? Yeah. Were they hobbyist creatives? Not or?
1: at all. Like, my parents couldn't be further from a creative industry. I don't have any connections in my family to this industry at all. So that was quite um, daunting for me, particularly at the time. I don't know whether it's just because I'm in the industry now or if it actually has changed, but I feel like... Where I grew up there wasn't a lot of access to to stuff there wasn't access to like drama um, classes at weekends or or um even stuff that you see on TV now you know this idea that you that you can go and do study acting study drama I just feel like Kids are more clued up now with their options that are available to them, and I just really didn't have a clue. I mean, I'm making it sound like I grew up on the moon, and I really didn't. I was like, I lived near Watford. It was I um, kind of did most of my growing up in a, a place called Shorley Wood. Okay. Um, my dad worked in a bank; he's retired now, um, and my mum raised me and my sister.
0: So, what did they think of your? I imagine you expressed that desire to them, and mm. you thought, you know, I'd like to be an actor. What, did they think it was a silly thing or did they just support you and try and make it happen or how did that work
1: they've always been very supportive like i i i'm i guess i'm incredibly lucky in that sense i don't think i mean they've always been supportive in the way that they knew how in the sense that if it makes you happy go for it and that's the most important thing but in terms of sort of finding out what what that that is and how i get from a to b obviously they couldn't help me at, at all I remember going to school, and I, I, you know, I was never, I was never um, very focused on academics. I, you know, I, I couldn't really wasn't didn't take any interest in that. And I remember doing my GCSEs, and I think I did like I got like A's and B's for results in like English, music, and drama must have been in there somewhere. And everything else, I got straight D's, just like D D D D D D D. And I remember my dad saying to me at the time because he has a very academic background, he was like, you know, you must retake your maths GCSE. It's very important. And he's not wrong. Like, it it probably would have served me well to eventually, you know, do well at that. But I did retake it and failed again.
0: Brilliant. (laughs) It's
1: really not my strong point. At that point, I think he just gave up. And, um, And, but because I hadn't sort of got the right amount of GCSEs, I had to kind of leave the school that I was at. Um... And so I went to college, and I found this college which did this kind of A-level course, this kind of theatre studies and communications A-level course. And I went, and I loved it. And I suddenly, they like, really changed my life. Like I, I, I found this place where I suddenly met this community of of like-minded people. It was a real bunch of misfits, sort of, you know, different ages. Um, the teachers really cool. You could like call them by their first name and everything, and it just. I loved every moment of it. And it was there that I met a teacher who was really good to me. She was actually my English teacher. And she was the one who suggested going to drama school. So I guess that's how I kind of got on the path.
0: If, uh, as you'll know, um, we don't really talk about jobs, but what I do is give everyone an opportunity to identify a job that they're particularly proud of. If there was one job um, that you could have stand for you that was kind of, you know, something you're most proud of. What kind, what kind of jobs might make it to the top of the list? There, I've opened it out, you can have more.
1: Yeah, that. okay, top of the list is easier than yeah. one, I think. Because I think, for, in my experience anyway, there's been moments rather than one job from start to finish. So moments that come to mind would be um, Enron, which was a play that started out at Chichester and then it went to the court. Um, and then it did really well and, it, and it, we had this West End run so it kind of ended up being this job that sort of spanned over about a year and I think it was it sounds out for many reasons one because people really really loved the play um, and so it, there was quite a, a feeling of, of being in a play that was a real hit that was quite an exciting thing to be a part of um, and the cast and I also my act, my actor my husband who's an actor um was also in the cast my <laughs> Very nearly my actor who's my a actor who's a husband <laughs> 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 that guy um he was in it too so we kind of had this amazing experience like on a personal level like doing this job together that was sort of going really well and
0: do you um, have pictures of Enron in your house
1: no, I, we do not i think we definitely did at one point we definitely had a lot of like signed posters and, you know, signed scripts that people have given you as gifts, but, like, double the amount, because they they're thought we fucked people all these fucking scripts. Um, yeah, that so that was a special job. I mean, in terms of parts and things that, like... Because I think with Enron, it wasn't like I was even playing. The parts weren't even that particularly interesting. I mean, they an, were. It was an ensemble it, piece. Uh, yeah, and much. I was very much in the ensemble, and, and um, so it was more just, like, the vibe and the atmosphere that I enjoyed. But, um... So, so personally then, something else that would stand out that was like a part was something like like Bull. I did a um, uh, Mike Bartlett play called Bull quite a few times, m- most recently the beginning of this year at the Young Vic. And it was just nice to be a part of new writing, you know, carving out a part for the first time. When no one else has done it. It's an interesting part. It was difficult. We were on stage, you know, from the whole time, like no props, no sets. It was just the actors and the language, and it was great. I loved it. I really, I really enjoyed that. It was fulfilling for me personally, but not necessarily something that people were like, oh, yeah, you were great in that. People were like, oh, my God, you were a monster in that. Is that really you? (laughs) Do you think think
0: there's a certain element in...
1: Hey, Olivier Theatre. Hi, We're talking.
0: A member of Automation. Member of automation. <laughs> they, the National Theatre is so big it has departments that I have no <laughs> idea what they do. A member of Automation. What is the
1: Department of Automation? Nobody
0: knows. No. Nobody knows. It's all automatic, though. <laughs> I'm surprised they even have to call them. Exactly. It should just be a button, button. that's pushed. Why yeah.
1: didn't they just
0: press the button? They're just showing off. Um. So, do you think being an actor, like you talked there about carving it apart for the first time, for mm. example, one of the things that comes up quite often is that idea of being the first person to do something or being you know when you turn the page in a play and you think for the rest of the time when people read that play they'll see was first performed in Yeah. You know, with Eleanor Mattura as, and you think you just—it's the go, just goes and see, and you're like, yes, yeah, because it's a buzz, isn't
1: it? You're yeah, like, oh my like, god,
0: look. Or, or I, I, I used to call, call actor gasms, where you're like, <laughs> where you get your name on a poster or you're in a trailer, and you're like, <laughs> right? but, but, I mean, because then, then of course, you meet actors who've had, you know, infinitely more success certainly than I've had, and uh, and they don't that stuff, at least they publicly. They never acknowledge that it matters to them.
1: Do you think that actually...
0: I don't know, but that's what I'm asking is, like, it, we all do get a kick out of being the first. Yeah, of course. Or having our name printed somewhere. It's yeah. an, is that a human thing, or do you think that's that's more speaks about the type of people that choose to become actors?
1: I... Um, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I don't see... I, I think it's really exciting. Like, if you're... like. Of course, you're going to get a kick out of seeing your name in a new, brand new play or a trailer um with dramatic music playing behind. Like that's really, that's the good stuff. That's really exciting. Well, you I can tell
0: whenever whenever the first copy of the program gets printed. Yeah. Like there's, you, you you don't see actors act like that on any other day or any yeah. other moment. It's like everybody crowds around things.
1: That's what I mean. And I yeah. sort of feel like if that is laced with a bit of like, oh, I'm too cool for that, or you know, <coughs> oh, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I don't go in for that sort sort of stuff. I mean. That's awesome. Like, if you can be that cool about it, but I don't think there's anything uncool with showing how excited you are about something like that. Of course not. Because those moments, I think, are are special, and those are the kind of moments that I imagine. Well, for, for for me, like as a kid, you sort of think, oh god, wow, one day maybe, one one day maybe I will do a new play by an amazing writer, and I'll get to open that book, and my ne- like my name will be in there. That's fucking cool. Right. Like. You know, I don't have any... For
0: me, though, I think that's bigger than name and lights. Like, having your name on a book, like, that's...
1: That's serious. And
0: you didn't have to fucking write anything.
1: Exactly.
0: Amazing. That's the actor's dream. That is the actor's... Didn't do any work, got my name in a book. (laughs) Yes. Yes,
1: so true.
0: Just the usual interruption from me here, and as is customary, I'm asking for your help. The UK Blog Awards judges will be looking at the blog throughout the month of February and taking note of things such as the amount of engagement from readers so if you are on the blog occasionally and you don't share stuff on social media this would be a great month to get more active in that regard if you've never been to the blog this is definitely the month uh, to make that journey please go on to www.inanything.com have a flick through see what's there that you like and if you do find anything that you enjoy please go and share it on social media Tell your friends and your followers how much you enjoy it, and uh, hopefully, if that all goes to plan, I might have some excellent news come April the 29th. We're on Twitter at Honest Actors, we're on Facebook if you search In Anything Podcast, or if you're old school and like to type addresses into bars at the top of browsers, we're facebook.com forward slash Honest Actors. Thank you very much. Back to Eleanor. Do you enjoy auditions?
1: Auditions. I think of everything, you know, because because we've been talking, and I was like saying that I've been listening to the podcast, and I was thinking when it gets to this question of, of of all of all the things of all the questions, auditions are the thing that I could just write and talk about all day long. It's just I I struggle with them quite a lot. <laughs> They're a big thing in my life. Um, Why? Probably because I'm quite an, an anxious person. I feel like I've had—I feel like I've had the whole range of, the, of every type of audition that you could possibly have. And I'm coming through. I'm, I'm in a period of my life at the moment where I think actually, I think when I sort of reach my 30s, I, I realise that I have to get—I have to deal with them better. I have to get better at them. I can't.
0: So, what, what kind of things are you working on improving then?
1: So. I think it's probably not giving them so much... Like, not not every rejection can turn into an Adele song. Do you know what I mean? Like, not every... It
0: can if you're Adele.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. She's she's doing pretty well yeah. out of that. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... It's it, Like, sometimes I get a call and I'll read a script and I really like it. I really, really want it. And there's a bit of my heart that just sinks because I go, oh, no. It's like being on a date and... And sort of going, oh, God, I'm more keen already. You're, you're, the balance is off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so something like that, I've got myself into a situation where I think, God, I really like this. So everything about this audition, this opportunity to go in and, like, read for something that you really like and you really want to do, because God knows how many stuff you read that's terrible, or you just sort of think, oh, I don't want to do that at all.
0: Which you invariably get.
1: Which you invariably get. <laughs> this is what I mean. It's kind of, it is, it is like dating. Um, you know, sometimes you'll go in and and, uh, and you'll read something and you'll think, God, this is awful, and then you don't get it, and it's a bit like, Hang on a minute, I didn't fancy you in the first place, and now you're not calling me yeah. back. Yeah, you should I, be so lucky, mate. I, I, like, I
0: very dare you. Yeah, exactly. I know. You, but you can it ne- can never be right. The yeah. only thing that's right is whenever you get something you really want,
1: yeah. but everything else,
0: and that's quite rare
1: it's quite rare but do you ever do that thing like like sometimes if I if if I have a good audition and when you do have a good audition there it makes you feel a million dollars and there's a part of me that always thinks I've cracked it I finally cracked it like like this is this is what it means to do a good audition and then if I'm going in for something later on you know a few months down the line I'll try and think back to that audition and what went right and all those moments and uh but sometimes, you know, even down to like what I wore, what I did before. Like, did I did I get there early? Did I have a coffee beforehand? Like, how well did I know the stuff? Oh script? no, you're
0: you're a lucky pants actor, aren't uh, you?
1: Oh, oh, big time lucky pants actor, big time. But I choose to believe in that. Like, I choose to believe in what I call the woo woo of it all. You know, because I think that you have to be a bit fatalistic in this in this job, and I choose to be. Why did you look like that? No, did I did I did I not use fatalistic in the right way?
0: No, I'm just going, I don't know what fatalistic means.
1: Oh, okay. So, like, I mean... It's me going... Because like, you did this look to this the side, th- and I was like... Oh,
0: that's me going... Does that word mean this, what I think This it is awkward. It's <laughs> <laughs> me going, I'll wait until I'm editing it, and then I'll be like, oh, fatalistic.
1: As in, like... Well, I'm using it as in, like, if it's meant to be, it will be.
0: Okay.
1: So, like, if this job, So, and then
0: my peg lucky pants.
1: I know. I realised like that, everything I'm saying is sort of full of contradictions. i Am a lucky pants actor, but Jamie I also
0: stage
1: like Walton to believe please. that I believe in the woo woo-woo. woo.
0: The woo woo is great.
1: The woo woo, yeah, I always call it the woo woo. Do you know uh, what I mean? Like that's. I just suddenly thought, oh my god, I've never, I've never actually thought
0: about how weird that is. So uh, we we spoke before we started the yeah. record about both of us having read in and auditions and how and how kind of revelatory. That is a word, and I think I pronounced it right. Uh, if I didn't, good. it's not going to be in in the end, so it's fine. <laughs> Either way, I win. Um, but the, just that that had been a learning experience. So yeah, what do you learn, do you think, from, from watching other actors go through the process of auditioning?
1: It was a complete um, eye-opener for me. Like, a, pro- a proper, like, life-changing moment. So I was called in to read for a casting director, and they were doing a play... Um, that was going on up at the West Yorkshire Playhouse. So I was actually reading in for for both boys and girls. Um, So I just got to sit there all day and watch a stream of, of actors and actresses come in and read different pieces of the play. And what was so amazing to me was that everyone was brilliant. Every Like no one came in and, and, and fucked it up. No one came in and sort of had a disaster. I had my personal sort of tastes and you know, things that I'd be like, oh, I've I really enjoyed that guy's performance or, but it, I guess the real sort of moment for me was was realizing that across the board that everyone was so kind of good. It really didn't matter about like the auditions, the lucky pants, you know, all the stuff that I do to sort of make sure an audition goes well. It was it was really up to the director and the casting director to a certain extent, like what flavour they wanted, like who like who do you want? Because and if you and if you go with that girl, then you might not go with that guy, even though that guy's brilliant. But
0: he's kind of more suited. Does to Does that, that make girl. it easier for you having been through that and having witnessed that? Do you remind yourself of that when things don't go your way?
1: Yes, I do. I I I I have to believe. I think this kind of goes. In the same kind of box as the sort of the fatalistic box, we'll call it, which is just like what is meant to be will be. Like if you go in and you do your best and you know you have a go and um, like, like you know, sometimes if I don't get things, it's because I just someone doesn't like the look of my face or you know, and I, I can't do anything about that. That is absolutely outside of my control. You know, I'm not saying anything new here. Like people know this, so. Um yeah, I just there is a point where you have to you have to walk away. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's hard if it's something that you really want. Like I said before, there's a part of me where my my heart always sinks if I really want something because I just think, "Oh, this is going to be a hard one to, you know, fold the papers up after the audition and put them in the bin because actually I'd really like to do that."
0: And do you do that after auditions?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're I'm not, very superstitious like about it.
0: I sometimes hold on to them thinking I've done a bit of work on that. If I get it, I might need to use those notes again. That'll save me an hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't. I have to throw that away because I just think it will just. I guess I don't know. I guess I'm worried that it will be by holding on to it symbolically. I feel like it means something, yeah. but I don't want. I don't want to have that hanging over me.
0: Okay. So uh, you said that in this uh particular set of auditions, everybody was brilliant, nobody fucked it up mm. and you say you're terrible auditions. So I'm assuming you think internally at least that you have fucked up auditions. Oh yeah. So how does a Eleanor Matsura fucked up audition go? How does that run? <laughs> I mean Um
1: it but it, it can run in a in a,
0: it can variety, fuck up in a variety
1: and in many colourful, different like sort of style of ways. Um, God, I don't know. I mean, I can like I I've, I think of all the terrible auditions that I've done. Like some, you know, sometimes what it comes down to, it doesn't even have to be something like dramatic and big. Sometimes it can just come down to like trying to ignite something in the room, and for whatever reason, the dynamic of the room just isn't working. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Like yeah. sometimes. Everything. I, I, I went for an audition today and I know the casting director. And then as I was making the tape, I was just aware that I was like, oh, this is just, this is not really happening. I'm not really connecting. It's just, it just feels a little bit dead, you know. And there was not, and I was trying, it's like resuscitating life into something and, and and it just wasn't really working. And also because you've got this, like, maybe a more friendly relationship with a casting director in the room, they then have to, you, I sort of found myself trying to turn on a part of myself, which was like, um, the actory, charm offensive side yeah. of me. Which Hopefully of course, that will
0: smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, I know what I'm doing isn't what you want, but yeah. i but I'm, I have so much. I'm charisma. really
1: pulling it out my ass now because I've got to do something. And because they sort of know you, it is. It's a bit like again. I know I keep using the date sort of um, uh, metaphor, but it's like it's sort of like being on a date with like your mum in the room watching. Which is like, why are you trying to do like why are you trying to be that person? I know that's
0: not you. Do you, I mean, in the past, we have had Jenae Matthews running down the street laughing hysterically <laughs> at her own shitness. It's one of my favourite quotes from the podcast today. So oh, good. Um, uh, you know, we've had, you know, various other responses to it. But when you come out, do you berate yourself? Do you give yourself a hard time afterwards? Or like putting the script in the mm. bin, can you just compartmentalise and be done?
1: I've got better at doing that. I've got better. Um, I, I, I used to sort of really get, you know, wallow a little bit probably um, and get kind of sad about them. It depends on the job, really, doesn't it? It depends on, on, on how, how much you wanted it, how good the part was, how big an opportunity it would have been, you know, all of that sort of stuff. I'm better at that now. I think it's always good to, to feel the feelings. Do you know what I mean? If, if you're feeling shit about it, you know, why not? Give yourself the day go and go and see your mates have a glass of wine howl at the moon you, you know what i mean i think all of that is good and it all has its place but i think i do it less um i give it less time now i'll yeah. i maybe do it for a day um and then i've got better at compartmentalizing it and 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 getting on with it
0: so it's that question uh an agent once told me <laughs> um I mean this is brilliant that he lives in this way In this, because uh, he's not a very particularly good agent um, but uh, an agent once told me the only time an actor's ever truly happy is in the five minutes after they get a job uh, subsequent to which the fears kick in mm. um, do you recognise that in yourself and if you do what kind of things worry you from minute number six?
1: Yeah, I recognise it I re- I'd love to have a more. I, I like. I, I wish I could say no to this question because I feel like the fact that you got this from an, age, an agent who's you know wasn't even a particularly good agent kind of makes me want to automatically disagree with him. But it's he's I, I, right. Um, yeah. I, 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 well, he's right in the sense that you know I do. I, I definitely recognise that there's this joyous moment where like, victorious moment where you kind of get uh, get a job and it's wonderful. And then of course. Do you know what I think it is? I think, I think just because of what we do, so we live such a sort of, there's a gypsy nature to our work and our lifestyle, which means that we have, we, you know, the, the jobs that we have are, are short. They have, they'll, they'll end at some point. You know, most contracts sort of on average, let's say about three months, either, whether that's theatre or film or TV. And um, so you have a lot of first day of school feelings. You know, you have a lot of firsts. And with those firsts comes doubt and anxiety, because you're meeting people for the first time, you know, stepping into a new role, maybe you're working with a new director. Will people like me? Will they have seen me before and think I'm awful? You know, like, what do they know about me? It's all of that sort of stuff, I think it, it, um, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You talked a little bit earlier about having a couple of years after drama school before you get your first paid theatre job. What's the longest in your career um, so far that you've been without any work? Of an acting variety,
1: um, it would. I think it would be the first year, maybe two years since leaving drama school. And during that period, I think on and off, maybe about three months, but well, that three months happening,
0: yeah, several yes. times yeah, over. With the, the, a little tiny, you know, bit of yeah, filming work or something. With a
1: little, thing. yeah, a couple of lines here or a little TV part there. So, like I said, enough to sort of keep sort of keep you hanging on in there like oh I've got this thing you know it's coming up but not enough that it would be sustainable like and so I was waitressing just sort of you know for just survive, really just for, for extra money I had a bit of a dabble I remember um in a particular uh stint of no work and I decided that I'd had enough and I and um I'd had enough of both like kind of the idea of waiting around for an acting job to come through and also like um, waitressing. I was sick of coming home stinking of food and you know restaurant smell. But it was that, it was at that time when I, I, I genuinely my friend of mine was she was travelling in Australia, and I decided to work in this makeup shop, save up all my money, and use it to buy a ticket to go and join her in Australia. And I was just thinking, I'll just I'll just step away from this acting thing for a while altogether, and um, go and get and sense of the world. You know, go and do something different, like see my mate and. Um, and backpack with her for a bit. Um, and so I, I I worked in this shop and I, I saved up this money, money that I probably should have just been using just to live anyway, but I bought a ticket to Australia and like had that paper ticket in my hand. And then, of course, I
0: got a job the next day. And you can't turn work down?
1: <laughs> the first thing I did was like, well, obviously, I'm not going to Australia. There was no question, do you know what I mean? It just it was just like... Done, but that's and that's hard because that's a part of me that sort of goes. You're right. Like we're the only people that like can't commit to something a year in advance. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, can you come yeah. to my wedding like in September next year? Not sure. Not sure. I hope so.
0: Have any of your actor friends given up for the the other life, whatever that is? Yeah. How does that make you feel whenever that happens?
1: It's hard, isn't it? It's mixed because I can see for them. I have one, one friend who I'm thinking of in particular who gave up talks about it a lot, like, like thinks about it, looks back and sort of goes, gosh, that's really hard, I can't, you know, I can't believe I sort of had to do that. I, you know, and it, it is, it sort of hurts my heart thinking, like, hearing her say that. But also, I completely get it, like, I remember her saying to me, when things weren't really sort of happening for her, it being very, very, very quiet—it's just tough, just because it is. And she said, "You know, I don't want to be a 35-year-old waitress anymore. I've had enough of that."
0: I think it happens a lot mid-thirties to a lot of people,
1: you know. And I kind of go, "Yeah, fair enough. I get that." She's like, "I'm, I'm going to go off and earn, earn some money at least, so you take a proper job." And then, then, and as I think, often these things don't happen like a snap decision. I think sometimes it's sort of.
0: Gradually. slowly, yeah.
1: gradually kind of creeps in. So you take that job that starts to get you a bit more regular money, you know. You happen to
0: be good at that job. People start going, would you not think about doing this, like, permanently? You yeah, know?
1: exactly. And then all of a sudden, you know, life takes over. And, and then I, they I, say, and I, and again, have you
0: got your GCSE maths? And you say, <laughs> do you know what, I don't. And then they think, well, fuck acting for you then. Exactly.
1: You definitely need your GCSE maths if you want to come and do this job in, I don't know, yeah. admin or something. Yeah. Have you
0: ever considered giving up?
1: I've definitely thought about it, but isn't it funny? I mean, like, thinking about that, I haven't thought about that story when I bought that ticket to Australia until just this moment when we were having this conversation, and you put it perfectly, the job came through, and I was... Without a second thought, I ripped up that ticket and I went straight to the job.
0: I'd have been like, can I change the uh, date on this?
1: <laughs> can I push the dates back? No, I just didn't. It, like, I've, like, I've thought about it, but I don't think I've ever taken it that seriously. Because, you know, the odds are against us in this job. We know this walking into it. We know it, like, like it doesn't make sense to choose this as a profession. Yeah. It's nuts. It's completely oversubscribed. It, it makes
0: increasingly less sense as time goes the, on. I
1: absolutely. Think. The more I do it, the more I think, God, this is nuts. I think they even the twenty-one, twenty-year-olds that I think I think they're aware of it too. Yeah. When um when I did Coriolanus, um, I was saying before the, the RSC, that was my first theatre gig. And I remember like very fondly that time and and, and after the show. We'd all end up, you know, in the in the dark in the pub up the road, and there'd be a lot of drinking, a lot of late night carousing. and it was just that's just sort of what the world was. And my husband was there recently, and 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 going back and visiting him. So let's say that's what seven, six seven years later. I looked at the actors who were, would have been the age that I was when I was last there, and it's different. They're like getting up in the morning to work out. Yeah, they're like in the gym every morning they're like looking after themselves because they have this idea i think they have this greater sense of going yeah we're here well yeah we're going to do the RSC for a year but then you know maybe this film will come along and hopefully i'll i need to be ready for that and i need to be buff for this and open myself up for all these opportunities and i remember thinking wow like you guys are really clued in in a way that i wasn't seven years ago
0: but are they are they really clued in you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you think that's it? Do you think those those changes in the industry are positive changes? Uh,
1: mm, yeah, I don't know. I think the, there's an awareness. Is it positive? I don't know. It, it kind of impresses me to a certain extent. Absolutely. I'm like, wow, you're like you're 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 aware. You've got you've got a sense of the industry, whether that's real or not. You've got a sense of like.
0: And I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I'm just saying yeah. you know they could equally be getting up in the morning and trying to write something,
1: yeah, or
0: you know getting up in the morning and you know, going and doing stuff people used to do, like read books or, whatever. Like, you know, but, the, but there is <laughs> like something... I only ask because today, uh, every day, from a Twitter account, I put out what I'm calling actor sunscreen, which is where on the, the survey that I have on the site, mm-hmm. the last question is what advice would you give yourself if you could go back, one of the podcast questions. And I tweet the advice out, like, half a dozen times a day, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. it's not mine, and I disagree with at least a third of it. Right. One of the ones today that, that made people quite cross was... Uh, Get a six-pack and then worry about being good. Uh, Something like that's that's all agents care about. Wow. And so you find yourself as 36 totally in a world where, I don't know, it's like, oh, is that that a thing? Yeah,
1: is that a thing? That makes me want to giggle, that's quite funny. Well, I was, you know, one one of the things, like if, if I'm going through sort of quiet time or whatever between jobs, one of the things that I found increasingly more important to me that I have to do is is keep fit keep well and I realise that sounds like such a boring thing to say but I noticed like after I turned 30 it was like I I used to get my sort of peace from you know like if I wanted to sort of right the wrongs of the world and have like a moan about this industry I'd get together with actors and there'd be a lot of like drinking involved and and um and yeah slagging stuff off and it's very cathartic and that's brilliant but that takes its Toll after a while, and actually, I find it just as important to sort of get up, get out, look after myself, start taking care of myself a little bit better. My health being, you know, increasingly more important, and that for my state of mind, you know what I mean. Just, just to sort of um, ha- keep some balance. So, in the times when this industry can really kick your ass, or if you're quiet and you're not working, you've just got that R- little routine. bit. Of, yeah, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's just sort of like the, the, the structure of the routine, which is quite comforting, actually, and something you're not that working, is yeah. normally chaotic. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so why, to bring it back to the question that we asked, we started that whole section off, mm. uh, why have you not given up? What is it about this industry that keeps you, you talked earlier on about the carrot in the first year or two. Keep <laughs> on getting a little bit, oh, I'm doing this little thing. Yeah. Ten years on, what is the carrot? You know, what keeps yeah. you?
1: For me, this job, I, I have to pinch myself sometimes. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant job. I could never not do it, even if I don't feel worthy sometimes or if I do have that feeling like I'm a bit of a fraud. and someones I, it, I can't believe I get paid to do what I love to do. I love working. I love the theatre. I love... Actors, I love actors. Shit, okay. It's four o'clock? Um, yeah. Um, bollocks. Bollocks. I know, it's um, my fault. Hang on, let me, no, it's my fault. I am. Um, no. Do you have to go, sorry, no. I feel like. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> Is that your stage monitor?
1: No, that was Josh. He was just across in the dressing room. He was like, do we have to go? He's clearly running late as well.
0: If you could go back to yourself just after you graduated drama school in that difficult year, Um, and offer yourself some advice to make the process easier and to ease some of the uh, difficulties that you might have had along the way. What types of advice would you give your younger self?
1: Embrace it. Don't be afraid to say yes and embrace all the work possible because that's where you learn by doing all of that stuff. Especially, especially when you first start out. Say yes to everything. Embrace it.
0: Do the work that's there.
1: Do the work that's there. Mm. The bad and the good will all, it will all be part of the experience. Do the work and do it for the work, because that's what counts.
0: One bonus question to finish us off. Mm. Are you in anything at the minute?
1: (laughs) Yes, I am. And I've got to run, because I'm late for the rehearsal, and they're going to kill me. (laughs)
0: Thank you very much. Oh,
1: thanks, Jonathan.
0: This conversation uh, continues on Saturday the 6th of February as part of Surviving Actors where you can join myself and Eleanor and we'll be discussing the best and the worst of the actor sunscreen tips that have been shared via the survey over the past 10 or 11 months, including Get a Six Pack, uh, which I think you know how I feel about Uh, But anyway, you can find out more about that on the website www.survivingactors.com. So go there, you can book your tickets and uh, we'll see you on Saturday the 6th of February at I think 4.30pm. Don't quote me on that. That's it for this week. Don't forget, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please, if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review here on iTunes. It is very much appreciated and it makes a huge difference. Thank you. Anyway, I'm back in a fortnight with another interview, episode 12. In the meantime, get over to the blog in anything.com. Thanks. See you soon. If I'm going to step in, because yeah. we need to get this right, do you mind if I... Of course, I, please settle. do. Um, do you mind if I borrow your brass strap?
1: Bright pink, I remember. Yeah, Yeah. good times. I've seen
0: a few woo That sounds wrong as well. I've seen a few
1: woo-woos <laughs> in my time. Um, I was so emphatic then, I knocked in, the
0: microphone. Push it in. Just Push it in. <laughs> just push it in. So many good little extracts in this. I, I'm just going to put them all together. I think
1: you should have all the innuendos sort of like yeah, just at the straight end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah.